Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Our goal is to help Christians understand the truth of Romans 15:14 that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm one of your hosts, Curtis Solomon. And I'm Lincoln Liu, your other host. Be sure to check out other resources from the BCC at biblicalcc.org. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. We are always thankful to have you as part of our audience. As part of our audience, we want to invite you to join with us in our year-end fundraising campaign, the One Person a Week campaign. We're asking everybody who is a friend of the BCC that once a week between November and December, you go out and you find somebody who you think would love the work of the Biblical Counseling Coalition and ask them to support the work of the BCC. Tell them what you love about the BCC, share a resource from the Biblical Counseling Coalition that's been a blessing to you, and tell them why you think they should support our efforts. If they list you on our form when they sign up to give a monthly gift, your name will be entered into a drawing for some wonderful, excellent prizes. Grand prize is a ticket to join us at our annual leadership summit next year. Second place prize is going to be a a massive, wonderful biblical counseling library. The third place prize is going to be a Biblical Counseling Coalition Trinity. That's the three books that the BCC Coalition Council members wrote together. And then the final, the fourth prize, and we might have a few of these, is a signed copy of my new book, I Have PTSD. So be sure to go out this week, find somebody who you think wants to support the work of building unity, excellence, and collaboration in biblical counseling, and encourage them to jump online and start supporting. This interview that you're going to hear is an interview that I did with Neil Grogan, who oversees the aftercare portion of the Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs. If you've listened to our podcast for a while, you've heard a few people from the Mighty Oaks Foundation and the Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs come on and talk about the work that they do to help veterans and first responders who are struggling in the aftermath of post-traumatic stress. Neil and I have a wonderful conversation about the work that they do. We wanted to put it out around Veterans Day just as a reminder of the, the many men and women who served in our military who are struggling with the aftermath of experiences they had in life and in the military and the work that is being done to help them find freedom from those in Christ. Neil is a combat veteran himself, and he has a lot of years of experience working with Mighty Oaks and, and other organizations. And he shares a little bit about his testimony, and then we talk about some wonderful opportunities for you as biblical counselors, as pastors, as members in churches to, to reach out in very practical ways and get involved in helping uh, this tremendous population of our nation's heroes, both first responders and military personnel. So I hope you are blessed by this episode, you enjoy it, and thank you so much again for being part of our audience. This season of 1514 is brought to you in part by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College. A lifetime of faithfulness in counseling, preaching, teaching, and discipling begins with an education that is trusted for truth. Southern Seminary and Boyce College offer undergraduate, master's level, and doctoral degrees in biblical counseling that you can trust to be scripturally grounded and life-transforming. The aim of our program at Boyce College is to prepare graduates to serve in counseling ministries and to position them for graduate-level training in biblical counseling. If your next step in counseling is earning a master's or doctoral degree, Southern Seminary equips our graduates fully online or on campus to counsel God's Word faithfully and skillfully in both individuals and families. To learn more about an undergraduate biblical counseling degree, go to boycecollege.com slash 1514. That's boycecollege.com slash 1514. 
For more information about graduate-level credentials, the web address is sbts.edu 1514. You will also find direct links to these degree programs in the show notes of today's 1514 episode. Thanks so much for listening. Well, Neil Grogan, thanks so much for joining us for 1514. For those who don't know you yet, could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, so I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, today, uh, since getting out of the Marine Corps, I serve as the aftercare manager for Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs and the uh, pastor of discipleship and biblical counseling at Christ Community Church in Colleen or in Harker Heights, Texas, right next to Fort Cavazos, formerly known as Fort Hood. It's kind of what I do today. It's helpful to put that into context for people so they know, know where you are. And for those longtime listeners, you guys are familiar with the Mighty Oaks Foundation, which hosts the Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs. Uh, I've had Numerous people from that ministry on board. I love the ministry. I'm on the advisory board and, and encourage people to check it out all the time. And I'm glad to have Neil come on because of the role that he has. He's been able to see uh, some progress in the ministry over the years. And that was one of the things I love about the ministry is they're constantly thinking, uh, how can we do this better and actually making changes to make that happen, uh, as well as some other opportunities we're going to talk about. So, Neil, tell tell catch everybody up maybe who's who... Uh, has heard about the program before, understands what the legacy, maybe recap what the legacy program is and then how things have grown in the last few years. Yeah, sure. So I've been on the team since 2017, but I got introduced to Mighty Oaks in 2013 when I was actually still in the Marine Corps, uh, was in the Wounded Warrior Battalion on Camp Pendleton. That's where I met Chad and some of the other folks. Um, actually, Brandon Kunith and I were in Wounded Warrior together. <laughs> wow. uh, so it's, it's been a, a cool um, kind of testimony of God's faithfulness and his work uh, in, in how he's shaping people's lives. And and so, you know, when I came on in 2017, it was a uh, it was kind of still that ethos that we have today, right? So we're a faith-based organization that provides peer intensive discipleship um, that really is uh, formulated around getting knee cap to kneecap with one another and ministering God's word to one another and in a group setting that's broken into smaller groups from there. Uh, so every one of our cadre is a combat veteran or a first responder um, they've come through the program, uh, been a part of it themselves, and are essentially turning back and trying to help their brother or sister in need. Uh, and so, man, we want to we want to be faithful messengers of the gospel. Uh, we believe that man it, that hope in Jesus Christ and His work and work alone is what transforms lives. That His word is sufficient for all of life and godliness, and we want to proclaim that message faithfully and particularly to the areas that men or women may be struggling with. So we don't just, you know, get up and, and give Christian platitudes, right? But we open up God's word and we particularly apply it directly to what's going on in their life. So really at its core, we think, or we would say that man, we're a men's or a women's program. And in, in essence, we're not, we're not just dealing with trauma. That's one part of your life. We'll address that, but we want to address the whole man or the whole woman at our programs. 
Yeah, it's great. And I had the opportunity, my dissertation was a, an efficacy study of the legacy program, which back when I started, it was called Fight Club, right? And yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was a week long, as you said, peer-to-peer intensive um, discipleship. Back then, they wouldn't have used that language. And that's actually even one of the, I think, the improvements of, of grounding it even more in, in biblical terminology and stuff. But it was it was amazing to see because people show up for basically a week, five, six days, and it is a discipleship. You talk about things like why we study the Bible, why you should believe the Bible, what is margin, who is God, why, how do you have a relationship with them? And it's like, oh yeah, this program that's all about, you know, externally advertised in a sense, all about helping PTSD is really a men's and women's discipleship program with a 45 minute PTSD class. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would say there are elements, I mean, when you go through a traumatic experience, whatever whatever it is, or, you know, you, everybody comes with a past, right. Or, or problems, those things arise in different areas. So by focusing holistically on a life, mm. uh, we're able to tend to how the, that element is impacting these various aspects of life. And so, um, it, it helps us to simplify, um, you know, you get, you get bewildered by what's going on in your life. And so it helps us to kind of take a shot across the bow and really help people to get on task and, and, and understanding man, who God is and then how, how we can begin to change based out of our relationship with him versus, you know, just applying a bunch of principles, right. Yeah. Uh, that may or may not work over time. So, you know, we're, we're really big about not trying to make uh, essentially Pharisees, right. Like mm. just apply a bunch of biblical principles and things will get better in your life. Like, no, we, we don't want to air condition anyone's way to hell. Mm. We want to help them understand and have a relationship with Jesus and then watch the watch the old man begin to pass away and uh, these men who now have and women who have a relationship with Jesus begin to put on the new robes that Christ has given them uh, to walk in and carry out but you know to your earlier question the program has shifted in in massive ways over the years um we really we we have four key elements uh at mighty oaks Uh, we do resiliency programs so that's kind of our work with active duty personnel uh essentially want to put ourselves out of a job right so Mm -hmm. the more resiliency work we can develop and especially with our service members who are active duty, um, the less likely, hopefully, they'll be, <laughs> they'll be uh, coming to our program in the future. Um, but we also do a national you know, recovery program, essentially. I, I like the, personally, I like the language of restoration work that we're mm-hmm. trying to, uh, you know, minister God's word to people, help them to be restored uh, through what Christ has done. And that that's kind of what we're talking about, the week long intensive program. Um, then we also have an international program now. So that's really exploded. We we just finished our first special immigrant visa program. So mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, Afghan former former Afghan military and interpreters who are now in our country. They've been relocated since the fall of Afghanistan. Man, God's opened up this 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 opportunity for us to minister to them uh and so we just concluded that and uh man we we just got to see the lord uh his incredible kindness and moving moving people across the globe to hear about his son um 
And, and so they just concluded that and they, they do stuff in Ukraine and Peru and, uh, you know, work with other militaries uh, doing resiliency work. And then we have advocacy, which is um, kind of our efforts towards bringing awareness towards faith based approaches uh, for our, our nation's military and veteran community and first responder community. So uh, those are the big things that we do. And a lot of that, you know, like when you studied and, and did your dissertation <laughs> with us like that didn't exist right yeah a lot uh, of it did not yeah. yep <laughs> yeah uh, and so man we just experienced incredible growth and partnership over the years and it, and it's not uh because hey we're just really awesome group of guys doing doing the best we can but it, again it, man it's god's kindness mm-hmm. uh, i think i think that because we are uh, staunchly faithful to the message of Jesus Christ and and believe in the primacy of the local church. I think that is why we're experiencing the kind of growth and uh, reach that we're experiencing. Yeah, I mean, it's grown geographically too, because when I went, the only program was the one out of Sky Rose Ranch out in California. Now they're sure. offering legacy programs around the country, like multiple. And then you said even internationally, which is just incredible. And I do, I love the faithfulness and the commitment to not shift away from Christ. Cause I know lots of people have been telling the leadership, well, why don't you try this or do this? Or maybe you could leave out the faith side. And it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. That's, this is, <laughs> this is, That's this the is, engine. <laughs> yeah, this is the key, key to it. So uh, I want to help people understand too. First of all, there's a lot of misunderstanding around post-traumatic stress and that kind of thing. And I will say, although we are talking about veterans issues and first responders issues, and this, this episode is going to go out around veterans day to help raise awareness of, of the struggles that are facing our men and women in the armed forces and post armed forces. Uh, post-traumatic stress is not a military or first responder issue. It's a life issue. Um, but what are some of the other, so just we'll clear that one out there. There's all kinds of ways that people experience trauma and the impacts of trauma. But what are some of the other misnomers maybe, Neil, that you've seen people have uh, about veterans in particular dealing with post-traumatic stress? Yeah. Um, sorry. Just to clarify, are you asking like the veteran's perception or outsider's perception of the veteran? Well, I was thinking outsiders, but let's say both. Okay, so uh, probably along similar lines, right? A veteran may believe that, hey, no one can talk to me who hasn't experienced what I've gone through, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then for an outsider perspective, they may believe that, hey, there, I have nothing to give, give this guy or this mm-hmm. lady. I, I don't know how to help them, you know? And and much like what we do in our approach of, of simplifying what is the message of, of the scriptures and then how do we particularly apply these things to our everyday life, you know, we all have a say. We all can serve one another, minister God's word to one another. So you don't have to have uh, this this incredible experiential, you know, storyline that gives you authority to speak into people's life. Mm-hmm. Like that that is a lie, right? That keeps us in isolation and keeps the body of Christ from serving one another. And so, man, I, I would say first and foremost, man, uh, what it's the authority of the scriptures that allow us to speak to whatever issue is going on with somebody. So mm-hmm. it's not our own personal stories. Uh, so, you know, that would be one thing. I think maybe a, a, another um, 
frustration or uh, fascination issue outsiders may have is is uh, that they they have to have a, a, a resume, <laughs> uh, uh, all these things on their wall that's that gives them the ability to talk to people, mm. and uh, I think I think that's a, another misnomer. So, uh, and then not all not every veteran or first responder has gone through incredible issues either. You know, you you don't have to treat people like they're broken, mm. uh, and I think. I think when we do that, uh, when we victimize people who are strong and, you know, they, they've gone through some things, you know, but when we, when we treat people like they're broken man, we, we enable a lot of things. So, you know, at Mighty Oaks, we don't, we don't sugarcoat things. <laughs> we're, pr- <laughs> we're pretty direct. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've, probably saw Curtis you've heard uh we we uh, say often we're not a hug a vet program we're we're a poke a vet in the chest program that quote was just uh, running through my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're very direct i mean we 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 exhort people mm. to get up and to start putting things to work we we don't placate uh, at all and and i think that is what outsiders are afraid of doing mm. of calling people uh, to repent and believe, to be honest. <laughs> and the more bold we are with that, the more we actually help people in the long run. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's not devoid of, just for our audience to know, it's not devoid of compassion, but it is, yeah. it is leaning really hard into it. And I, I do think that is one of the things that Mighty Oaks is able to do that maybe the normal church member is not able to do as easily because uh, you you do you have somebody who comes in who's you know done multiple deployments seen s- severe combat and they say to you you can't say anything to me because you haven't seen what i've seen and done what i've done and that person is like you're right i haven't and so they throw up their hands and walk away or, or get scared and don't know what to say but all of the instructors that's one of the things about it being a peer-to-peer program is they're like that excuse don't fly here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't make it. So now, that's super helpful. I will, I will say, Curtis, though, you know, I can't help but to think back to Chad Robichaud, our founder's story. Amen. You know, Amen. He, he had a civilian guy who had not served. Uh, he gave his plan to him and said, all right, here's, what, here's how I'm going to fix my life. And the civilian who didn't have the experiences Chad had pushed it back in his face and said it won't work because yep. God's not center in it. And just that, that boldness and that, that, you know, direct, uh, almost admonishment on Chad's life. I mean, that's exactly what he needed. And, you know, we, we can compassionately, uh, care for one another, but at at some point, man, we, we, we also have to say the hard things in a loving manner. Right. Yeah. And Chad, and I, I encourage you guys, and I've used that example a lot that Chad was discipled by a by a civilian, um, but he was asking for it too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he was, he was pursuing it, whereas some people we try to go in and help, they're not, and they are actually using their 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 label of PTSD as a defense against yeah. uh, counsel. So yeah, it's a, but still be bold. Like that is the, I think that's the message you're putting across there. We don't need to cower away from this thing. We can be bold because of Christ, because of his word, because of, the power of the gospel to transform lives. We can move forward in boldness. And honestly, a lot of vets, like they appreciate some boldness. You know, they're used to getting yelled at, not saying yell at them, but they're used to being far worse than, than somebody saying, hey, you need to <laughs> check yourself. Um, so we could, I could 
talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. So I want to get to um, a few particular things for you to help out. But one thing, I, I guess one of the other uh, mis- misconceptions people have is that veterans who are struggling with trauma, post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress, it's related to their combat necessarily, right? Yeah. We talked about this a little bit when we were at a conference together a couple of weeks ago. Tell our audience about that. What's What have you guys found in the experience of working with hundred thousands of veterans now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, uh, I think we just crossed the 5,000 number, uh, of veterans and first responders we've worked with, uh, and spouses. And what we have found is that, um, usually the combat stress, uh, to use that language is almost, almost serves as the straw that broke the camel's back, Mm. but not the, not the main, uh, the main thing that people are really dealing with or wrestling with. Uh, we, we've seen a, an incredible statistical number of up to um, close to 90% of the guys that we work with who are dealing with childhood, sexual or physical abuse. Wow. And, and I think that that is something that we, we in the general sense of the word uh, are not considering far, far enough, mm-hmm. um, in our line of questioning as counselors, uh, in our investigation or data gathering, we're, we're, we're not going deeper. We're kind of almost as if you become bewildered by all of the combat stories yep. and the war stories yep. that, that we think, Hey, that that's it. That's the stuff. I mean, even most of the guys, uh, who maybe who don't have child abuse or, or things like that. And this isn't a one size fit all fits all thing. You know, you, you treat every person as an individual in your counseling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys de- are dealing with loss. Um, uh, they're dealing with uh, personal uh, stress. I mean, you think about financial stress, you think, and, and all this stuff kind of compounds together to make this kind of chaotic situation occur. And then when they go through the combat uh, stuff, man, it, it becomes overwhelming to the point of, you know, to use second Corinthians one language that we were overwhelmed to the point of death. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. um, and, and I think that's what happens in the, in the life of many veterans that we're, we're working with. Yeah, no, it's, it's super helpful. And I, I know a lot of people who work in this field, try to help people not get caught up on that and to dig deeper. Uh, it's just doing, as a biblical counselor, it's doing the basics. Like, don't yeah. get past the basics. You have to hear somebody's whole story and listen to their their whole person and and address their whole person. Not just get fixated on the what seems like the extreme cause of these things. Well, Neil, I wanted to share you to share with our audience a number of opportunities that how they might be able to support or get involved, actually get involved with uh, the Mighty Oaks program. So first, starting with somebody who knows somebody who might need to go to the program themselves, or they might need it themselves. How can, how can somebody go through the legacy program if they need it? Yeah. So um, our, our website www.mightyoaksworrierprograms.org has our applications. So if you're a uh, veteran, active duty, first responder, uh, it doesn't matter if you've gone to war. I tell guys this all the time. If you signed the dotted line and said yes, then you qualify for our program. Um, So I'd encourage you to apply. It's very simple. If you're hearing this and you have a loved one uh, who you see is wrestling with a lot of issues, I think ministry of presence goes a long way. You may not know all the things to say, but you can be present in their life. You can be praying for them. And at some point, 
uh, people ask questions, right? And mm-hmm. you have a resource that you can hand them, uh, and and we and it doesn't cost them a dime to come through our program. We we fund everything. We have generous donors who pay for airfare, who pay for the rentals. So they'll get them there. We'll put them up for the week. We'll take care of them. So it won't cost them a dime except some time, right? Um, so that that's kind of the first end uh, of your question. Uh, that, that's how you get involved. For the women's program, uh, if, if we have a lady who's a first responder, a veteran or active duty, you also immediately qualify for a program, but you may, may be thinking, well, this is the spouse of the, uh, the veteran who's maybe struggling or whatever. Uh, once the, the, the male in that situation, once the male goes through the program, then his wife qualifies for our women's program as well. And so we really do try to address um, as much as the family as we can get, getting couples on the same sheet of music is is so helpful for the continued growth um, process that that they're starting when they come through our program. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that that I think our audience might be interested in helpful, and this would be maybe a more select few, are those uh, those who have served in the military or who were first responders. And maybe you've wrestled with post-traumatic stress, maybe you haven't, but you love the Lord, you have some desire to serve that community. Um, you can't go through the program as an observer, but you could potentially go through with the vision of maybe becoming an instructor or a mentor. Can you talk a little bit about what those roles look like and, and what the process is for somebody if they, if they're considering that thinking about that? Yeah. So um, just to kind of put this lie to bed now, (laughs) um, many, 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 I mean, when I went through the program, I was a pastor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the lies that I thought about or, Um, that I've heard uh, repeated in my time at our organization is that I don't want to take a spot from somebody else. Mm. Um, That's, that's, and you know, to be blunt, that's silly, right? Um, (laughs) I'd encourage you to come through our program, not as an observer, but as uh, asking the Lord to teach you while Mm. you're there, you may be a pastor, you may be a biblical counselor, you, you know, who is a veteran, uh, or anything else, you feel like your life's pretty squared away right now. Um, and why don't you come through and see what it's about and see what the Lord will teach you. He always does. I've never seen anyone come through and go, yeah, I already knew all this stuff. I'm good. You know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, 30, 40 year pastors have come through and been like, man, this is what the Lord revealed to me. What was mm-hmm. going on in my heart this week? And I have some things to address and, and, you know, we're a sanctification program at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. Right. Uh, And that's what, that's what biblical counseling is about. We want to help people grow up in maturity in Christ. So, and I'll test I'll testify to that myself. I haven't talked a lot about my time when I went through, but I was going through, again, they don't let you go as an observer. You have to participate. Um, But I was going through doing my dissertation in biblical counseling really try personally thinking I'm here to assess this program and man, the Lord worked in my life, kicked me in the teeth where I needed to be, be shaped up and taught me a lot. Like it was a significant, um, growing time for me, even in that short week after, you know, and I never struggled really with post-traumatic stress or anything, but man, the Lord is always, you always got something to grow in and absolutely, absolutely true. Yeah. And, and, you know, to answer your question from earlier, after you go through the program, we have opportunities to uh, partner with us to join the team, whether on a team leader side or on what we would call a mentor side. And a mentor 
uh, works under the aftercare uh, banner, right? That, and that's kind of what I'm in charge of, or some one piece of what I'm in charge of. And um, what we look for in mentors are um, more mature followers of Jesus who believe in the authority sufficiency uh, of God's word and errancy of God's word. Uh, and that are willing to open it up and counsel people with it. Now, we do in-house training uh, and try to equip you as best as we can to do that well in our context. Um, but also, we have guys on our team who have degrees in biblical counseling or certifications in biblical counseling, but we, we still walk through a training process with you. And so we're always in need of uh, mentors. Um, you know, when for the first five years that I was one, um, we had like four or five guys. And so, <laughs> man, got this last year, uh, that's been like my, my focus has been mm -hmm. about, um, creating more mentors. And, uh, and now we're seeing like longtime team leaders who have grown up in maturity in Christ now starting to come over, mm -hmm. uh, and cross deck and, uh, and now they're they're doing biblical counseling at, on site. So kind of what that role looks like is um, you you um, are there as a resource to the team leaders. You're there to develop everybody. So a mentor isn't just for the students, but he's also for the team at large. So we're we're trying to develop team leaders to help help them along, be a resource and aid to them. But we also do one on one counseling at the program. And, uh, you know, it, it's different because it's not like formal biblical counseling in the sense where uh, where you are setting up with someone over the next however long and, and counseling them in a room. That's not what it looks like. It kind of looks more like what a normal pastor's counseling looks more spontaneous, right? Mm. Uh, sporadic. So but you'll get, you know, 30 to 45 minutes with a guy and you're really just trying to capture as much data as you can interpret it you know, look at the fruit, trace the root, call people to faith and repentance, and then hand the football over to the team leader and resource and equip him to continue to work with that guy from that point. So we do a lot of that. And then they oversee the, the next six months of aftercare for that graduate or that graduating class. Um, that's where we're continuing to resource them. We're answering calls, uh, answering questions, making sure they're plugged into a biblically faithful local church, um, uh, providing some accountability or mentorship to them, um, whether that's connecting them with people in their location or that's, you know, in the in the intermediate time you're you're kind of serving in that role somewhat and then we also want to connect them with biblical counselors those who are requesting it uh, across the country and and just so you know too audience for the mentors this is not a full-time job or a part-time job you can you can give um I'm not even sure it's volunteer entirely. Neil can fill in on that, but you could go for a week a year or a couple of weeks a year, you know, whatever works into your schedule. You don't, we're not trying to recruit you to a full-time job. No, um, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell my buddy, Matt all the time. He's a, he's a pastor out at next to Fort Huachuca in Sierra Vista, Arizona. And I, and I call him once a year. I'm like, Hey, when's your, when are you giving your tithe? <laughs> he does one program a year. That's what he, that's what he has a capacity to do. Yep. That's all right. Because next year, Curtis, we're doing 40 programs. So we'll be wow. doing a, a thousand graduates next year. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, so 
yeah, we're we're always in need of if for more uh, more laborers in that in that work. Amen. Um, so, go ahead. I think I interrupted you. No, you're good. I was going to go ahead and move over, but you may be like, ah, I don't have any interest in that, but I would love to support <laughs> uh, support what you're doing. If you're a biblical counselor and you're listening to this and you're like, man, how can I, how can I serve our nation's uh, heroes um, in this capacity and with what God has gifted you in, uh, man, we are, we are building out um, partnerships with biblical counselors across the country where we are uh, wanting to support our alumni uh, more effectively. So um, all that requires uh, of you is a willingness uh, to serve, um, a willingness to walk with people after they've come through our program. I kind of think of it like this, Curtis, our program's uh, kind of like a steroid shot. Mm. Uh, it, it gets you going on, onto the right road, but then we want to hand, we want to get them quickly plugged into a faithful local church, but also uh, they're still dealing with a lot of things that they're trying to move forward in, in life uh, or overcome. And so we also want to be able to connect them with a biblical counselor. If they request it, they're bought in, they want, they want to grow in that area um, who can help them to kind of move into the mainstreams of discipleship in the local church and get past whatever step point they're in. So this is for biblical counselors who want to support in that capacity. If they, if somebody's listening and they think, yeah, I'd love to counsel somebody who's graduating from Mighty Oaks Warrior programs. How can they connect with you all and get get in, plugged into that network? Yeah, so the the easiest uh, way, if you're listening to this, is just to email me, Neil, N-E-A-L, at MightyOaksWarriorPrograms.org. Uh, and then I'll I'll send you a, a form we asked to to fill out a partnership form and, and we'll, we'll work with you and talk with, talk you through what that looks like. Um, so uh, that would probably be the easiest way. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, maybe Curtis, you can throw that email up on your show notes or whatever you do. If you're up for it, I'll put it on the show notes. I'm not sure yeah. what you'll, what kind of response you'll get. Hopefully a lot. Hopefully, hopefully it's hard to answer emails. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's a good thing. Now, for, so some people are listening and they think, yeah, I'd love to don- either donate or work out some way to, to connect with you guys and provide biblical counseling to people who need it afterwards. But there's also, there's more to that, to the aftercare program than that. Talk a little bit about outposts or other things that you have and how churches and individuals could be involved in that ministry as well. Yeah. So kind of the third, so we've talked about mentors. We've talked about biblical counseling partnerships That's kind of two wings of the aftercare program, but we also have this third wing we call outposts and outposts are outreach opportunities for the local church. Essentially my heart is that uh, through our outpost ministry, that's our direct investment into the local church, wherever it is in our country. Uh, And what that looks like is Man, we we want to invest in your people uh, to care well for the veteran first responder active duty community that exists in your church. We have so many uh, veterans and first responders, Curtis, who who would never step foot into a church. Yep. I don't know. Yep. They believe they'll get struck by lightning or something when they're walking through the front doors or what. Um, but they will go if there's some sort of um, alternative thing for them to do and to grow it alongside other 
other people like them for some reason uh they'll, they'll gravitate towards that and they'll they'll kind of get past whatever barrier uh they have in their life to do that and so what we do is we establish outposts in local churches. It's under the oversight of that local church, not Mighty Oaks. Um, so y'all oversee the discipleship of those folks. Um, but we give you an opportunity um, to have your people get trained by us uh, and to reach out and care well for the people in their group. Content, we provide continued support to those outpost leaders, um, but it's an it's an opportunity for you to engage in that in the veteran first responder community and and we've seen just incredible uh, an incredible uh, kindness of God. I mean, just to give you an example, if if we have time, in, in Tulsa there was one outpost for a really long time, and then the Tulsa police community. Uh, encountered a tragedy mm -hmm. with an officer involved shooting where an officer was killed. And uh, one of those TPD officers ended up coming through our program uh, after that event occurred and man, God radically transformed his life. And he got connected to that outpost um, upon returning home. And since then, uh, and those guys work and their passion and zeal for the for the name of Jesus Christ being declared in Tulsa. Uh, they are at 13 outposts in Tulsa. Wow. Now we have served almost 150 TPD officers mm. uh, since that event happened. Um, and and the the community is shifting in Tulsa in this in this radical way. And, uh, and that's that's what God does. Right. It's not because we do things, but, you know, we had an outpost in place uh, at the time of that event. We had a place for them to go. Uh, and then then all these officers just started flooding them. Mm. And, yep. uh, and they just opened up the, the first women's outpost as well there. No, oh, praise the Lord for that. No, thank you for sharing that. And it's such a good it's an outreach for the church because there's people you are actively, the mentors and the aftercare program are actively trying to find guys who come in who are unchurched or who don't have a home church and send them to a church. And if there's an yeah. outpost there, that's awesome. And it's super helpful. But like you just described, it it doesn't, that's not the only outreach. Like it's outreaching to the community and, and you're so spot on, man. When, uh, you know, I travel around and speak on resiliency and post-traumatic stress and churches who want to get first responders in and stuff. I always tell them you have to have people in your community who are in that community inviting them because if yeah. Joe Schmo goes and invites them, they're oftentimes just not going to go. But man, you get a, you get an outpost, you get some men or women who've served uh, in any of those capacities, reaching out to those local communities. And that, that definitely starts growing it. Well, as I said before, we could talk about this for hours, but we're a little bit over time anyway. Uh, I save a set. I have a segment at the end that I call Two Minute Favorites, which is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's two minutes of you telling me your favorite stuff. Uh, so let me find my timer in here. Are you ready for this, Neil? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So. The answer is going to be my wife, whatever my wife, her favorite things are. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to start the timer. We'll go. I'll start with a few softballs and then they'll get a little tougher. So, all, all right. right. What is your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite sport? Ooh, that's what, that's a tough one. Right now it's baseball because the Texas Rangers are, are up. <laughs> favorite sports team? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cowboys, Rangers, Mavericks. 
All right. What's your favorite food? Probably pizza. I got a sweet spot for it. Favorite gift you've ever received? Mm, oh, uh, after I graduated, a guy from biblical counseling, uh, it was a Navy SEAL. He made a, an American flag with a Marine Corps EGA, like blending in out of wood. And it's wow. super nice. It's in my office. That's awesome. Favorite gift you've ever given? Um, my four children to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh Favorite word? Uh, probably ridiculous. <laughs> Least favorite word? Uh, mm, haughty. Favorite book of the Bible? Oh, man. Um, probably Romans. Favorite book outside of scripture? Mm, mere Christianity. Favorite candy? I'm a diabetic. Well, I was going to say f- favorite ice cream flavor candy. after that. <laughs> Probably shoots that one down too. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Hmm. Probably intelligence. <laughs> if your mother were to describe you in one word, what word would she use? Uh, I think compassionate. Favorite animal? Dog. This is a fun one for some veterans, not all, but what's one interesting thing that you've ever done that most others have not? Mm. Sorry for the... You, no, you that's all right. Off that Our one. timer's over, but I'd still like to hear the answer <laughs> to your question. <laughs> Uh, favorite thing that I've done that no one else has done. Uh, most interesting. I didn't say favorite. Most interesting okay. thing you've ever done. Well, I had to roll off of a rooftop to avoid dying and uh, crush my back pretty bad. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Thankfully, not too many people have had to do that. So, yeah. well, Neil Grogan, thanks so much for being with us on 1514. Thanks for your service to our country, but also to the kingdom of Christ. Mm, thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And special thanks to our team who helped make this podcast possible. My assistant, Rebecca Mullins, helps coordinate these interviews. And our podcast engineer, Caleb Lau, does a great job editing and putting everything together. We look forward to you joining us next time.